One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I wrote the book, Spain, the Inside Story of La Roja's Historic Treble for Backpage Press in about 2013. Oh, by the way, oh, it's Graham. Welcome to the late night post-match version of the big interview at the Euros. Because the book was published in 2013, I deduce that it was in 2012 when I went to Las Rosas to interview the man who was then the director of football for youth development uh, in, in all of Spanish football. His name is Ginez Melendez. Ginez Melendez was never that much of a footballer, somebody who regularly played for and managed the team closest to Andres Iniesta's heart, which is Albacete. And I suppose he's viewed as something of an eminence grise, the brain's trust of Spanish football over the last 20, 25 years. In his time, he's won two coach teams to victory in two under-19 European championships. One of them, the Swine, against uh, Scotland. You'll remember Archie Gemmell's side in, I think, 2006, where standout names, Lee Wallace, Hello Simon Ferry, Callum Elliott, Graham Dorans, Gary Kenneth, Mark Reynolds. They went to the final and they were beaten by two goals by Alberto Bueno. And the Spain side contained Baragan, who's still cutting it at the top level in La Liga, a certain Gerard Piquet, Javi Garcia, Diego Capel, Juan Mata, remember him. Esteban the Pirate Granero, Jeffren, who played for Barcelona amongst many, many teams and scored in that famous 5-0 against Real Madrid. And Melendez also won the under-19 tournament in 2011 in Romania when they beat, <laughs> how ironic is that, the Czech Republic and in his team then, just so that you know some of the names, Pablo Sarabia, Gerard de la Feo, certain Alvaro Morata, Paco Alcacer, Danny Carvajal. Why? After a deeply, deeply disappointing uh, night at La Cartuja, when Spain didn't play well, drew against Poland, and now confront a last group game against Slovakia in the same stadium on that same pitch, with the firm chance of going out. Why am I mentioning Ginez Melendez? There are two principal reasons. Firstly, when I went to his office in Las Rosas to talk to him about what was then <laughs> unbridled, Spanish success. He told me that he was going to lecture the next week at in Burton at uh, St George's Park. He was going to try and share knowledge with England, help their development. I was impressed by this and, and perfectly pleased, but I said, look, I have to ask you, in industry, espionage is a capital crime. 
Secrecy is massive. We as journalists are told all the time we can't see training because it's vital that secrecy is maintained. Coaches never want their lineups breached before kickoff and so on and so forth. Hines, why are you going to share? He said, look, we're the leaders at the moment. We're the best at development. We're the best at turning junior victorious junior teams winning the Euros at under 17, under 19, under 21 level into champions. And he was right. At that time, there was a huge amount of club dominance by Spain. Over the next five, six, seven years, that would only increase. I was speaking to him in the year when Spain had just completed their trophy treble. I guess it must have been in autumn that the interview came. Spain having won their third consecutive tournament, which began in 2008 with the Euro, followed up by South Africa, the World How bloody long ago this seems. How long, just mentioning those triumphs, how long ago it sounds, feels. And then in Kiev, they won Euro 2012. And Hines said, look, we're ahead, we're the leaders. It's good to share. It's good for the game of football to share. And by the time some of our rivals catch up, we'll have moved on. We'll be ahead of them again. Well... He was wrong. Spain have continued to win junior tournaments at a very steady rate. They're, they're, they're the world's best. If you accumulate all the Euros at junior levels, the various different grades that they've had, Spain are pretty much the dominant force. Not in terms of winning Youth World Cups. They were most recently in the final against England and despite leading, lost. But at Euros, they've remained Prolific. And the players that have won those junior Euros have gone on to sometimes superb club careers and have made it into the senior side. And in fact, the under-21 side, which recently lost the semi-final to Portugal in the Euros, was stripped of, I think, minimum three players, certainly Pedri, Olmo, Ferran Torres, all of them should have been with the under-21 side instead of the senior side. That in itself is a small marker of success. But from 2012 onwards, there have been performances at senior tournaments which are directly linked to the match I've just been working on. Tepid, timid, sometimes bullied physically, often outrun, lacking something. Now Spain's squad right now remains full of players that would command an absolute astronomical fortune if you try to buy two or three or four of them. Some of them are so precious to their clubs that they're unbuyable. That being said, this performance against Poland was uneven in the first half when they competed. And when the one glorious moment, if you're of the Spain persuasion, came, there were other glorious moments, but they weren't for Spain. The one glorious moment that nearly puts a smile on my face, and it's hard to stop me from being ebullient. It's hard to prevent me from seeing the the patterns, the fun, the creativity, the dilemmas in football, rather than simply being as ticked off as I am tonight. But the bright spot was the fact that Luis Enrique strenuously defended Morata, named him in his team the day before the game, more than 24 hours before the match. That was breaking a habit. And there we get the reward. Alvaro Morata's run was absolutely exquisite. It was really cleverly timed. It was daring. It was a flipping indication exactly of how much the rest of his team lacked that. It was a boost to see 
um, Gerard Moreno played in the same team and him playing on the right coming onto his left foot was the means by which the goal was created. Moreno was shooting for goal. I'm quite sure it wasn't a pass and it wasn't going to beat Chesney. However, Morata's reactions were so, so quick and it took VAR to say that it was a legitimate goal. But once that judgment was imparted, you look back at Morata's movement. It's very, very good. Maybe he should do more of it. It wasn't to be his night. And then Morata runs over to the bench and leaps into Luis Enrique's arms. And the Asturian wasn't particularly... I think he liked the idea of a bit of gratitude. But he's not a guy for... He's not a touchy-feely, huggy kind of guy. And there was a moment when Álvaro Morata leapt on him and he kind of was like, yeah, okay, all right, son, but yeah, back off now. And my eye was drawn still more to Murata went to look to the rest of the bench where they, I talked to him, it is now the day before yesterday because this is being recorded as we're into whatever day follows the match day. Sunday, I guess. Friday morning I spoke to him and I said, look, you've, you've been deluged with cariño, as they say in Spain. Kindness, support, feeling that people have affection for him. And he liked that and he admitted it was good. But he went looking to repay them because when he said that he hadn't had doubts and he's sure he would score, I think he needed to hear people supporting him. I think it made a difference. And him going looking to repay that was a nice little image. It's one of these things that football throws up all the time and it's worth seeing, in my view. But Spain didn't capitalise upon it. There was a repetitive pattern that they were a little bit slower than Poland that they were put under pressure by Poland. Not often robbed, they've they hugely outpassed Poland. Again, the possession stats were, you know, like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, except leaning towards Spain. And I just thought that across the night, Poland bullied them. Did Poland deserve a draw? Yes, at least they did. Their tactics were spot on. Their aggression was untrammeled. When I say bullied it, bullied them, there isn't a word of complaint about Poland's tactics. For example, early on in my match reporting, minute by minute, I pointed out that Lewandowski had gone and sought out Jordi Alba. Now that's just plain common sense. Lewandowski is a nine. He likes to play in and around the penalty spot, but he's a leader. Physically, he's a beast. You wouldn't think he's the age he is. He's patently finished in, in personal terms, the season of his life. Not the season of his life in terms of trophies. He's a recent treble winner under Jupp Heynckes. But he came into this game questioned. doesn't score a lot at major tournaments. He took a little bit of a panning after the Slovakia game because he didn't seem much to be in it. I spoke to one Pole before this match. He was like, nah, don't worry about him. He's no threat to you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I tell that with not just a pinch of salt, but a mine. And Lewandowski and Alba was an, a really interesting battle for a long time because it was a physical mismatch. Alba had to work double time to try and intercept him, to try and not be surprised by him, not to be outjumped by him. Largely, it seemed to me a really good tactic. And there was a point at which there was a ball across the face of the middle of the park, probably just about f 10 minutes before half time. I think it was Rodri who gave it to Alba. And Alba, one, didn't want it. Two, was gobbled up and not told by any teammate that, that Poland were on him. And it was the moment that ended with, um, with Poland striking the ball off the post and Lewandowski being 
right there, right on it, and nearly scoring. From the right in the first half, there were times when he managed to, to shake off Alba, when it, it looked as if the tactic was going to pay fruit all on its own. Instead, what happened was that in the second half, Poland ran harder, worked harder, were happy to settle for occasional interceptions. They didn't need to be ripping the ball from Spain all the time to believe that the tactics were spot on. They knew they had the convictions, they had the courage of their convictions, and they played far more daring football than Spain did. The culmination was the cross into um, Lewandowski comes in a way where, really, to be honest with you, Alba should have defended it better. Secondly, Laporte is a good footballer, a good competitor, somebody who can still, will still make a difference to this side. But he didn't jump, didn't even get off the ground. How he or anybody else had the nerve to complain to referee Orsato, the Italian, that there might have been a foul, just seems to me to be a bad joke. And they're pinpointing it without singling Laporte out for blame. Lack of competitiveness. Lack of competitiveness in closing the cross down. Lack of competitiveness in the jump. And then lo and behold, an absolute clear penalty and it's given, and looking at it, what raced through my mind was being recently in Dansk, in Poland, of all places, and seeing Villarreal not having practice penalties, but taking their first ever European title by defeating Manchester United at penalties, even going as far as Gerald Rulli, the keeper, tucking his away before saving from De Gea. I remember early in this tournament, St. Luis Enrique, what, what's your idea? Double training sessions? No, no chance. Practice penalties? He said, well, look, take Villarreal as our example. He said, they don't practice penalties throughout the season as a rule, but they won the shootout. He said, I asked the players, do you want to practice penalties? And they said, yes. So they do. I sensed, or at least it felt like I sensed, in the run-up from Gerard Moreno, this will be the one that he misses. After a good season where he tucked away several penalties in his top Spanish scorer in La Liga award and the fuss about the Villarreal penalties winning in, in Dansk and then me asking Luis Enrique about practicing penalties or not and him saying you can practice as much as you want and muscle memory might be a thing but you can't replicate the pressure of the big... Oh yeah, no, you can't. Moreno hits the post, Morata scuffs the rebound over... Szczesny's had a bit of luck, I guess, that maybe he deserves because in the first game against Slovakia, the shot he dives at comes back, bounces into the goal off his back and it's called an own goal. So maybe he deserved something. Best of luck to him. But from that moment onwards, Spain played with nerves. They were increasingly lacking in efficacy. They, they continued to be efficient and that's the crucial thing. The Spain side is very efficient. I got taught when I was young if you're efficient, it isn't necessarily a compliment because what was said to me was a production line could efficiently carry on producing something, but if there isn't the distribution method at the end of the production line and the boxes or the gadgets or the gizmos or the widgets that keep coming off the production line fall into the floor, it's very efficient, but it's not effective. I'm sad to see that's where Spain are right now. There were one or two moments when they they might have scored, yes. But there's an edge missing. And it's not just an edge in front of goal. It's a hardness. It's a winner's gritty. I'm not accepting defeat. I'm taking you on, looking at their opponent. I'm beating you man to man. I'm helping my teammate. I've used the anecdote before, but it's true. And I think it sheds light on what's going on right now. 
at the end of the equally disappointing World Cup in Russia, when they went out on, let me think again, penalties. Iniesta was playing his last match. We had this interview as it was being conducted. Carlos Marchena, victorious in Euro 2008, victorious in the World Cup in 2010, walked by, stopped. And as the interview finished, I turned to him and said, listen, here we go, mate, out again. And he said, well, look, now people will maybe understand what we did and how hard it is to win a World Cup. And he wasn't slagging this performance in, in Russia off. He was pointing out that they had special people. When they had these moments, like Spain suffered in France, in the Euro, in Brazil, in Russia, and now, and remember they did, remember the feeling, remember the antipathy, do you remember the criticism, the pressure? after the defeat to Switzerland in the World Cup with Andres Iniesta being carried off when when Lichtsteiner went right through him like a, a flipping cruise liner through a rowing boat. That was tough. That was heated. There was finger jabbing. There was a probium. The players could have buckled and they didn't. And something is missing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That I'm having this discourse at on a week when Sergio Ramos left Real Madrid seems to me important. I have no quibbles about Luis Enrique leaving Sergio Ramos out. Was it purely because of his fitness or was it because of a certain sparks flying between the two of them in the March internationals? I think it's the latter. But I have no criticism whatsoever. And nor did Ramos when he was offered the chance to do so. The point I'm making is that in assessing Sergio Ramos's greatness for Real Madrid, I used the phrase that Real Madrid weren't just buying a special footballer when they brought him from Seville. They were buying a force of nature. But in their way, Ica Casillas, force of nature. Senna, force of nature. Iniesta, Xavi, forces of nature. David Villa, all-time top scorer for La Roja force of nature. Luis Aragon is in 2008, force of nature. Puyol. <laughs> Let's not even talk about it. We aren't only talking about quality of football. This Spain side is replete with footballers who love the ball, use it well, and are frankly are special. Is it maybe that there's an inexperience across the squad, that it's still relatively young? Is it maybe that because of their over-reliance on technique, when they are tired at the end of a long season and other sides who haven't got that te technique are accustomed to running their legs off, that that makes a difference? Yeah, that can certainly be part of it. And also, if you want to give me a reach out virtually, because everything's done virtually now, don't you know? by Zoom and give me a slap around the chops and say, Portugal four years ago and look what they did and it, and it wasn't even four years. Yes, they scored only four goals in the group and they went through with three draws, the last of which where they were clinging on to the flipping every sinew of Hungary as they try to knock them out of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Maybe, maybe Spain go through the group. Yeah, maybe they go on and win this. Yeah, no danger. Through... 
Possibly. Potential winners, potential Portugal. Don't kid me on. So what's lacking? I don't know how you replicate it. That hardness, steeliness, the ability to not just produce greatness, but force a win. To, to play killer passes in all zones of the pitch when you've got no time to think. To take risks, millisecond risks, and pull them off. Is it only the pitch that's to blame? No, it ain't. Look, work goes on, life goes on. It's also the case that sometimes, and the Spain side proved this last November when they drew 1-1 with Switzerland away, Missed two penalties. Luis Enrique said, you've no idea what's coming soon. And they went out and beat Germany 6-0. Sometimes we, we put our fingers in the air, we feel the wind direction, and our weather forecast is completely wrong. All reporters, all writers have to admit that. It can happen. In this instance, I don't think that is what's happening. I think that there is a big risk that Spain go out on Wednesday. On balance... I think they avoid that. On balance, I think they go through. Should they finish second in the group? I have no bloody idea where they're going to be playing because I was counting on them winning this group and they should have done. That they haven't is an indication, or that that they haven't yet put themselves top of the group is an indication that there is something missing in the fabric of this setup. It may be correctable, but it's been repeating since 2014. Kenes Melendez, who tonight picked Jordi Alba as the Heineken star of the match. I dispute what you said to me in 2012. And in all honesty, I kind of dispute Jordi Alba as man of the match. Therefore, my bet 365 man of the day is Robert Lewandowski. For my taste, he epitomised, irrespective of how well he played individually, he epitomised Poland's bullying attitude. He looked for weak spots. If he took a gentle tickle in the ear in a jump, he went down and rolled around. He made sure the referee heard his complaints all the time. But when it came to the football, if you look at his little dink at the back post in the first half that nearly brought a goal, creativity. If you look at his wonderful header, and I thought it was a wonderful header, he could really have easily had two goals tonight. I thought that Unai Simon did well to prevent him from scoring when the effort from Poland had just gone off the post. Um, I think it was Swiderski um, who'd hit the post. Lewandowski's following up in a way that was probably in the same blade of grass as Morata following up Gerard Moreno's missed penalty. Lewandowski took the first touch beautifully and rocketed a shot. Unai Simon bunched it off his chest, let his right hand guide it away, and it was a save. But across the match... I thought that um, Lewandowski was fabulous, really. There were others that stood out. Kamil Glick, who I thought might be exposed a little bit, by which I mean not personally, but because Krakowiak wasn't going to be in front of him in holding midfield. I wondered whether Kamil Glick might have a rougher time of it. He didn't. Szczesny didn't have a massive amount of work to do, although Spain had more shots on target, but I thought he did what he needed to do well. Linetti, the short time he was on the pitch... Looks to me a, a bonny player. The fact of it is, Lewandowski was the leading player across all of those he featured tonight. He celebrated in a way that showed that he too was as relieved as Morata to finally get the goal, to get that monkey off his back. For my money, he nearly won pull in the game. For my money, he was the bet 365 man of the day. Listen, I don't know how this is going to sound when you listen to it. All I can tell you is that I am thoroughly, thoroughly ticked off and if this were my team, there would have been some some hard words said in the dressing room. And, and probably these poor Spaniards wouldn't have understood any of them. Buenos noches todos.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.